Hello, welcome everybody, uh, and thank you for tuning in on this wonderful Friday morning or slightly afternoon. Uh, for those of you tuning in, if you're tuning in live, we always love to hear where you're tuning in from. Go ahead and uh, just let us know uh, who you are, where you're tuning in from, and uh, if you have an apparel decorating shop or a small business or brand, let us know. We love to hear from you. Uh, but this is episode 49 of the Heat Press for Profit podcast. This is a success story uh, and how local connections uh, and current events can fuel growth for apparel decorators. So here at Stalls, of course, we always aim for these podcasts and all of our educational content to inspire new ideas and help decorators or small businesses learn, connect, and reach their own success. So be sure to join in the community on our Heat Press for Profit Facebook page, uh, and that is a Facebook group that you could just join uh, if you're not already a member, and we'd love to keep the conversation going, and there's tons of helpful tips from the community in there every single day. My name is Dave Connor from Stalls. I'm the content director and very happy to be here, uh, and I've been looking for this one all week, and of course, I'm joined by Kelly. Hello, Kelly, and good morning. Hi, guys. And so I've been looking forward to this conversation, I think, all week uh, since we got it set up, and it couldn't be better timing. Uh, so today on our Heat Press for Profit podcast, uh, we are chatting with Gina Seibel uh, from Casey Swagger in Kansas City about how local networking, pop culture, and current events have helped fuel growth from kind of spirit wear as a side hustle, right, to a kind of full-time brick-and-mortar print shop. So good morning, Gina. Thank you for coming on today. How are you doing? Thank you for having us. Um, doing great. Obviously, in Kansas City, things are very exciting right now. So we are busy, busy. Yeah, we're very happy that you have time to uh, to chat with us today. I know <laughs> coming up right into the big weekend, it's probably starting to maybe die down for you. There'll be a, a nice little quiet before the storm, and then we'll be <laughs> watching the game on Sunday and seeing what happens. And probably right back at it then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. We will. We will. We will be. Yeah. <laughs> Come, yeah, right. What, probably Monday or even Sunday night. You got to take Sunday night. You take Sunday night to celebrate a victory if it happens, right? Oh, no. We no. got it all. <laughs> we are sitting there uh -uh. watching. And as soon as that game is over, we hit post. If, of course, if somebody doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a very big football game on Sunday that's a very big deal in Kansas City so yeah no we it, we go as soon as it hits <laughs> so yeah I think a little bit larger than Kansas City too um it is it is quite a spectacle one of the most uh what televised events on TV across the nation or sometimes even the world um, but I know at least here in the United States so uh we'll back it up a little bit tell us a little bit about you uh and Casey Swagger and how you even kind of got started what was the catalyst for getting into decorating sure um business started in 2015 as a side hustle um I was a graphic designer for a local nonprofit I designed their publications we had magazines and the city of Lee Summit map and stuff like that and of course, I would do T-shirts there as well. But back in 2015, um, the Royals, the year before, had gone to the World Series. Um, and then in 2015, they came out and they had a little swag in their step. You know, people were like, oh, this team means business. So just for fun, I was like, I'm going to make a shirt. And it said, Casey Swagger. And I was like, I'm going to put it on Facebook, see if anybody's interested. And 60 people were like, we want this. And I was like, Okay, cool. You know, and I was farming it out. Other people were printing for me. And I just started doing um, some craft shows and things like that and kind of testing the waters. And then about a year later, I looked at my husband and I was like, I think I can do this. I think I can make a business out of this. And he was like, okay. And we just, 
We went for it. But to be fair, my whole business is not based on sports teams here in Kansas City. And I found a way to kind of pivot and sustain that. Um, and we can go into that if you want to or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear how that kind of evolved going from just kind of like a one time thing to some unexpected interest or maybe more interest than you were anticipating. And then, yeah, how, how do you how do you scale? How do you scale from there and kind of turn it into more than just a one time or, you know, two time kind of spirit wear thing? Sure. Um, it started when I told my husband that I was going to leave my full time job. We were also debating whether or not to have the third child. And we did. And he's crazy. Um, <laughs> but when I stayed home with him and was working out of my house as well, and babies have to eat a lot. And so while I would feed him, I found this amazing thing called the Stalls Morning Show. And it started watching. I mean, it was back in the day, it was like Josh Ellsworth and Courtney. I mean, there was. They were my best friends. Yes. And I immersed myself in that because like I said, I was farming out my shirts and I was trying to find out a way, how can I gain control of my business and, you know, take out that middleman. So watching all of the morning shows and figuring out what to do and how to do on my own, investing in the right equipment. Um, that was huge for me. I was like, I'm not going to buy an Amazon heat press because I have one chance to get this right. So out of the gate, I bought the best of the best. Started with vinyl products and then I stumbled across Transfer Express and I was like, well, what is this voodoo? Ma what is this magic? You know, and okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So obviously I was doing the Kansas City stuff. Um, my oldest was in kindergarten and I sent him to school with a shirt and one for his teacher as well. And then the school was like, hey, do you want to do our spirit wear? And I was like, I said yes, not knowing any idea how I was going to do it and just said yes and I'll figure it out later. Um, and that's when I use Transfer Express for the first time to make those shirts. And it just kind of snowballed from there. We found our niche in Lee Summit. There are several other screen printers here in town. And um, we zoned in on the elementary school level spirit wear. And so I'm, I'm rambling. Feel free to come no, up. No, <laughs> rambling. This is This is actually really good key information because like obviously we're talking about local connections and, and current current events, but that's not just what your business is about, right? It, you're capitalizing on the chaos that's going on in Kansas City, but you've actually built a business based on a specific niche. And quite frankly, the the elementary side of the world is a niche we don't talk a lot about. It's there's so many opportunities within schools. Um, but then schools encompass high school, middle school, if you're from where I'm from, where I grew up, junior high, um, and then you go into elementary and all of those could be different schools, uh, different school logos, different names. Um, and each person has their own buying decisions. So mm -hmm. just know that you're not off topic. It's just part of your business. <laughs> no. And, and perfectly on topic for what we were even talking about this week, I did a webinar of like starting, starting a business and looking at like a business plan and really the benefits of targeting a niche. And I always start with like something that, you know, and it's like, if your kids are attending there, you're an active participant in the community at the school, mm -hmm. you attend any PTA events, like you are part of the community. That's a foot in the door, regardless if you're, you know, an established decorator or not. 
but then you understand what's important to them, uh, what kind of their budget's going to look like. And then you start to, even if you're just getting started and it's your first job and you just say, yes, you look like the expert and they're <laughs> like, well, we're not going to end up going anywhere else. Like you're a part of our community. We know that you're here locally. We know you. Uh, and they feel good purchasing from you. And that's like a big aspect that I feel like a lot of businesses have the opportunity to harness and they they don't necessarily take advantage of the, you know, the work that is the closest to them. For sure. So, and you mentioned Transfer Express too, and you had this like, what is this voodoo magic moment? Uh, I have to completely agree with you. I came from Plastisol screen printing uh, and screen printing for about a decade before I joined the team here at Stalls and Transfer Express. And the first time that I pulled off that goofproof transfer, I went, my entire life is a lie. I've been doing this the hard <laughs> way. Because <laughs> doing it, like I never had a shop to myself. I worked in several commercial decorating shops. Um, and so around huge like MHM presses that I would never, you know, have used by myself. Uh, but screen printing like on my kitchen table and spraying out inks and emulsion like in the bathtub or the sink. Like I'm very happy that my girlfriend at the time still married me for making a mess <laughs> everywhere. Um, but with it just being so much cleaner and being a a small shop because you were working out of your home then, right? Yes, I worked out of my home until 2020. We actually moved out during COVID, which was a very <laughs> bold That's <good> move. Timing. <laughs> yeah, but I, like I said, since our niche was elementary spirit wear, we actually exploded during COVID because people just wanted something to celebrate and to believe in. And even if their kids were going to school online virtually, they wanted some sense of pride, something that felt normal. And that was just wearing a kid shirt that said, you know, Cedar Creek Elementary. Um, mm -hmm. But kind of circling back to what we were talking about before, it really is finding what makes you different. Because like I said, there are three other big shops here in town. And one of them, he is awesome at doing all the rec league printing. So he does all the soccer jerseys front and back and names and does them so cheap, has, a, you know, two huge automatic presses. And that is great for him. I don't want to touch that. No, no, thank you, sir. And he's the best. And he does it year after year after year. And I have just made it our job to be the best at spirit wear stores. So we set up online spirit wear stores for the elementary schools and it's all pre-order based. So the parents go online, pick out their shirts, pay online. Cause in the past, a lot of the schools were doing paper forms and then someone's having to collect all of that money, all of that order forms. And then the screen printing shop was just going, here's 500 shirts. Good luck. And what we do is we take all of that away. So we have, like I said, we put it all online. And then when the orders come in, my team here packs it and we sort it by teacher and by grade level. So literally all the school has to do is pick it up and they're like, oh, Miss Brown, here's all of your shirts. Miss Smith, here's all of your shirts. And if you make it easy for them, word's going to spread, you know? And so I think we have like 16 elementary schools here in Lee Summit and we have just about all of them, but three. Um, and we're starting to get middle schools and we're spreading out because like I said, I, I'm wearing my old tagline, but our new one is spirit wear specialist. Like I, my job is to make you look good. If you're the PTA president, I want everyone to be like, like Kelly, oh my gosh, you killed it in spirit wear. They don't have to say Casey Swagger. I want to make you look awesome and your job so easy so that you're like, I did do a good job. Let's go back to her, you know, like. <laughs> but all of that sorting and packing, like 
that is a huge value proposition for your business and a differentiator, I'm sure, because that rec league, I guarantee they are throwing things in cardboard boxes and going, here's everything. Mm -hmm. Look, it's checked off on the outside of the box, but uh, that's on you to distribute now. And even like kind of backing it up even further to like the, the portal, the online ordering, the fundraising, where it's like you're giving them this avenue that simplifies it on the front end. And then even with delivery, um, was that something that you did like right out of the gate to kind of set yourself apart or something that developed more as say you grew into a brick and mortar? I did it right from the start. So like I said, I started with Kansas City Apparel. So I had my own stuff online. And then when my school came to me, I decided to put it online too, because the thought of papers and chasing money and tallying, there's just so much room for error there and chaos. And, and so I was like, no. And you know, there are a lot more shops doing that now, but back in the day, we were one of the only ones doing it. And they were like, what? We don't have to collect the money. We don't have to you know, sort. And also part of that came from, I'm a control freak. And so <laughs> I wanted as much control as possible. And so if I were, I keep using Kelly as an example, but if I were to give Kelly 500 garments and she packs all the orders and it's like, I'm missing three smalls. She could have packed those in the wrong order. If it's yeah. here in my possession and we get down to the end and we're like, shoot, where are those three smalls? We can troubleshoot it and find it. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of takes the opportunity for errors just removes it completely. And mm -hmm. my Packers are, mm, they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> now you say your Packers now. Uh, so you started as just you. Could you uh, kind of give us a timeline of growth as we like, as we move from 2015 when you started to kind of where you are now? Because now you are out of your home in a brick and mortar shop that you moved to in 2020. Uh, yes. And if you're you know, printing for 16 schools, I think you said in just your local area, uh, that, uh, that seems to take a lot of labor. I'm sure you're not doing it all yourself. Yes. No. Okay. So like I said, it started out of my basement and we, I would literally pack in the basement, put the garments on my couches, on my bar, like anywhere. And then I would call my mom and be like, please come help me do this. Please, please help me pack these first. And we would do it. But then after that first year, we got three more schools. Da, 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 da. And um, so we moved to a smaller location in 2020. It was a thousand square feet. We outgrew that in a year and a half. And now we're in a 2000 square foot oh, wow. um, warehouse. I wish I could flip you around. It's so pretty. <laughs> um, but just as far as packing goes, um, we just had to find a system that worked for us. So I have... My best employees are my moms. They're like me. They want to work during the day, but they want to be home when their kids get off the school bus. So mm -hmm. I, do you want me to break down how we pack? Is that interesting? No, no, Is no. That <laughs> Just kind of looking for, so like that's something that talking to a lot of decorators, they get real intimidated. I mean, bringing extra labor on and they're not really sure how to do it. And like they identify that they need help, but it doesn't really go much farther than like, yeah, begging their best friend or their, uh, you know, their mom to say like, hey, please help me or their wife or their significant mm -hmm. other, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Um, but like, how is that process of, I guess, I you identified that you needed some help and then bringing people on board. Uh, was that a big transition to make or was it, it, it did it seem like a, uh, an integrated step and necessary, I guess, for continued growth for your business. You know, super funny because I 2019, I talked to Josh Ellsworth and it might have been the first 
podcast ever. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him, how do I hire people? You know, and we literally had this conversation. And what I ended up doing first was duplicating myself. Um, as a small business owner, when you grow, you're going to get pulled away from being able to print. So I had to find someone that could do what I could do so I could sit here on the computer and respond to my customers. So that would kind of, I mean, that would be my first recommendation is find someone that you trust that can print, that can free up your time doing other stuff. Because it's it's relatively easy once you find the right person to train them on the machine. They do have to have like, <laughs> I've had a couple people that I wanted to print and I'm like, oh, they can't see when things are straight or not. So you have to look for that person with an artful eye. But once you find that, so first thing I did was duplicate myself. And then I thought, okay, now I need to hire for my weaknesses. And that is getting, as we grew, the amount of inventory that's coming through the door, having somebody check in all of those garments and like, do I have five smalls of this? Do I have 10, whatever? Because I'm a creative mindset. I'm, I'm kooky. So I start inventory and I'm like, seems great. Looks good. No, I needed a type A person that would inventory everything that came in through the door because believe it or not, suppliers sometimes miscount too, mm-hmm. or garments are damaged or, you know, you need the wrong color. Control. Exactly. All of, it. All of it. And, you know, when it was just me, I just trusted that everything was in the box and come to find out it's not always in the box. Um, so I duplicated that. And then obviously with the packing, just not detail oriented. And so it would say youth small and I would grab an adult small. So just finding the right people to do the right jobs and just being upfront. You know, um, my one girl, Sarah, she's here every day full time with me, but then my packing crew only comes in twice a week. So just being upfront with your employees and what you can pay them and how often you're going to need them. And you can find people that only just need, you know, yeah. part-time work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that are going to really be helpful. And I mean, even with like the inventory coming in and out, uh, you know, you mentioned that like when you got started, you had some stuff listed online, uh, but you were heavily relying on like the pre-sales uh, mm-hmm. to kind of like funnel the orders in. Uh, is that still kind of how you handle things for either, you know, your own brand, Casey Swagger or your customers? Uh, or have you moved to like a kind of always open fulfillment on demand type of model? My popular designs are always online, but there is something to doing a pre-order. It creates this sense of, I got to get it now. So um, we do these surprise mailer boxes, which are huge. And they're only open for two days or when we sell out. In the last couple of times, they've sold out within an hour. And we oh, do wow. 300 of them. Right. But the people know, if I want this, I got to get it right now. And we do that with Valentine's Day. Anything seasonal like that, we'll do pre-order. So our Christmas line, Valentine's Day, Halloween, we'll say, okay, it's open, you know, for the next two days and you got to order it. Because if people think that it might be gone, they're more likely to impulse buy. And if you can get them that first time, you got it. If they have to try to remember, then you might lose them. Same with my school apparel. I have so many schools that are like, can we just leave our store open year round? I'm like, "Mm, no, because I... Then they won't buy. They so, won't. They'll, yeah. They're like, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. It's a, did it. And also for me, it's hard to plan. You mm-hmm. know, it. you've got to create that sense of urgency with your customers. Yeah. And that exclusivity, the immediacy, you have to buy the it FOMO. now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, it is a very, very powerful marketing tool. Um, as you've probably noticed now <laughs> with your, with your own strategies and relying on it. Cause that's fantastic uh, for, like those pre-sales too, are you leveraging pretty much just organic content on social media? And how did you, uh, and if it is beyond social media, where and or how did you cultivate 
a following? Was it really just kind of the first couple shirts, the designs uh, resonated with the people in you know the local community? Yeah, Kansas City and Kelly can probably speak to this too. Kansas City is such an interesting market because Kansas City loves Kansas City and loves to support local. And even to drill it down even more, Lee Summit is so good about supporting their business owners. So my it started out with just my Facebook following and my friends sharing everything. And then it's just kind of exploded from there. And what also makes Kansas City cool in the maker market is we all support each other. So other makers will shout you out. It's just, I don't even know how to explain it. Kelly, you might be able to put words to it better, but it's just, we are so fortunate to live where we live and have everybody support us the way that we do. I always say that Kansas City eat, sleeps, breathes Kansas City. And for those of you that don't really know Kansas City is it's Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri. So they are next to each other, but not. And then there's all of these um, communities and, you know, smaller cities with or suburbs, right, Mm -hmm. of Kansas City on both sides. And it's so funny because, you know, when you're wearing Kansas City, you're not, or at least for me, I'm not wearing it for one particular side. I'm wearing it as a community as a whole. And no borders. Right. No borders. <laughs> right. We love Kansas City. Like it'll say just Kansas City or KC. It doesn't have to necessarily represent or say like Chiefs or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really highlighting a specific team, just the fact that it says Kansas City and whatever those colors are, it could be Kansas City and surrounding college colors. And people are like, yep. That's hey, it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so interesting because there's not a whole lot of cities or communities that are like that. And they are out there. And I, I feel like they're typically larger. Right. You'll you'll see something for like New York City or L.A. or Miami and, you know, just kind of represent things that way. Houston, I feel like is pretty big as well. Um, But I don't know. You know, it's just crazy to see. It's crazy cool to see how much Kansas City is everywhere. And like Gina said, the the maker world is really special in this area because anytime somebody starts a business or, um, you know, there are several shops that are in the area that have several makers within one shop. Mm -hmm. And so you know that you can go into a business and have access to a bunch of small businesses in the area that are all selling the same thing. It's just different styles, uh, different targets in terms of products, but we're all they're selling something for Kansas City. So I find that to be pretty cool. And for those that don't really have, you know, an area like that, that's where I think Gina has some great information in terms of getting started or how to understand the community and really like, like current events, right? Current events from schools to massive games that are going on or, um, Gosh, trying to think anytime we do like a a community fair, right? Like that's still, that's still pretty big. So my question, Gina, is understanding current events and how to capitalize on them. 
without having the fear that somebody else is going to do it better or you're going to have a competitor because there's always going to be somebody out there. I always say that the pool is big enough for everybody to swim in. I know that that's so ridiculous, but no, I, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of who my customers are. So all the other makers in Kansas City, I feel like we all have our own little feel and our own vibe and we have our own little following. So just staying true to yourself and what you know works for your customers. Um, I'm really big with the moms, with the moms and the kids. And so I always make sure to have a mom part and a counterpart or a matching kid part as well. Um, I I don't know. That's such a good question. I just don't ever see it as competition, you yeah. know, like just stay true to yourself. Always. We were joking. I think before we came on how we have our notepads, I have 1 million notepads. I'm always writing things down. I'm always sketching, keep an eye on, you know, pop culture, subscribe to every single newsletter. You know, I get the transfer express emails. I get the stalls emails. I get, emails from other suppliers as well. Know what new products are out there and what you can do to kind of set yourself apart. Puff right now is take Puff is taking the world by storm. You know, the yeah, tone I mean, on tone look. Follow people on Instagram. Follow other makers. Be active on Pinterest. Like, I think some people just think, I'm going to have a t-shirt shop. This is going to be so fun. But the ones that make it are the ones that are so passionate about it. Like, people are always like, oh, you going to work today? I'm like, no, I'm going to work today. Like you, you just gotta love it. You know, like to me, like in my spare time, my husband will be like, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, cool. He looks over and I'm like drawing. <laughs> it's truly my, my passion, you know, like yeah. find whatever excites you. I know there's one t-shirt maker out there. One of my really good friends does sugar cookies and she does them so well. And there's a t-shirt company and all they do is make t-shirts for sugar cookie makers. And she buys them like crazy because they just say crazy things. Like there are so many niches in there that you can find to make yourself unique and just mm -hmm. find it and do it really, really, really well. But you know, I think one thing, like you mentioned that it was kind of hard to, to consider, right? Like that was a, it's a good question, but you haven't really thought about it. You said exactly what it is about printing for the, <laughs> Um, event or like the current events, you make sure that you have counterparts, right? So it's not just about putting a t-shirt out there that is highlighting what's going on, right? We all, the Super Bowl, huge. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift has been massive mm -hmm. in this area. Um, but why not make sure you have a counterpart? Because if the mom is going in and buying something for Taylor Swift or knows the daughter likes Taylor Swift, now they can have matching pieces. And that, you know, it doesn't just give you the ability to say, hey, I made this really current event t-shirt, but you made it to where those moms are connecting and now their daughters or their sons can be matching them. And that's, that's your niche for that current event. Well, it's always you know, more than just a t-shirt, you know, yep. that's what I it's, always say too. Well, and to speak to transfer. More. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. I was just going to say um, for our wildly popular one has been the love story design. You talk about Taylor and Travis, and that's where I feel like transfer express came in huge for us because with, 
UC Max, we can do a toddler print this big. We can do a huge one for an adult on a sweatshirt. And our love story design has so many colors. We weren't going to screen print that. We do screen printing here as well. We've got a six by six and stuff like that. But with jobs with that many colors, UC Max, that's a no brainer for me because I can scale it and you, you have the toddler. And then we go all the way up to adult 4XL too, which is something else to consider. Not everybody will go up to the max sizes. And that's something that sets us apart as well as we really try to be size inclusive for everyone. That's awesome. When uh, you talked about a little bit about, I don't want to derail uh, our kind of current events and positioning business conversation, but you mentioned uh, that you now do screen printing. So starting with, well, first outsourcing, <laughs> then bringing production in house uh, with a heat press and now scaling for the larger quantities, uh, I would I would think with the the screen printing press. Yes. So um, last year we attended a trade show and we saw a piece of equipment there that we liked. It's a screen burner. It's we don't have to get into the weeds about it. Yep. It's just more pulling in more control. Although I believe that Transfer Express installs will always play a part of our business because I might set up a spirit store for School X Y Z and maybe only 10 of those designs sold. So instead of firing up my, my press, I'm going to UC max that all day long. I mean, it's a no brainer for me by the time you price it out and everything. So it's just all depends. And you guys have that great formula thing that you use for when to use vinyl and when to use transfers. And we have that too, but it's like, when do we screen print? When do we mm -hmm. do this? And there's a place for all of it, you mm -hmm. know? And Absolutely. so, it's just all about margins for us for those bigger jobs. Of course, I'm going to throw it on our press because it's pennies, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's pennies. Yeah. Print. So it's just, it's all math. And I've been in uh, just the past couple of years, I've had the luxury of touring large commercial shops and to see this even heat press department where they were, you know, we, oh, we started as screen printers. We've been doing it for 30 years. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, heat pressing or heat print technology, heat applied products used to be just a cherry on top, just like a little here and there if we needed a specialty effect or whatnot. But seeing, especially with the rise of e-commerce and these variable quantities that come into the shop and you never really know, you don't want to assume any risk for it or take the risk of uh, setting up a press when you could be running a profitable job on it, you know, and, and kind of defending the profitability of it and seeing this heat transfer department growing even within these large commercial shops that it would have never differed from even just screen printing embroidery, but now it becomes screen printing embroidery and heat press because it just, yeah, it is able to fill fill those needs uh, for decorators, both small and growing or just starting out uh, and still, you know, to scale up to a higher quantity. But I think that's a, you know, uh, just a part of the journey, you know, looking for the capabilities that you have in house. Was there, other than the show, was there anything that like kind of drove that decision uh, forward to say like, oh, well, we are getting these large, huge bulk quantities, uh, like with your customer requests or anything like that, that kind of helped you make those decisions? On bringing in an actual screen printing press? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the screen burner that we bought. It was a green technology. We have a GoGo Pro here in the mm -hmm. shop. So instead of doing emulsion and stuff like that, um, we had to... That's the I worst say, part. It is the worst part, I will say. <laughs> when I first saw the process of screen printing, I was like, that's a big no for me. That's <laughs> I didn't want a washout booth. I didn't want, you know, I didn't want yep. all of that. Um, nope. So while my screen burner, my GoGo Pro is 
super expensive. It also allows us to screen print with all, all of that mess. And it's more of a green process. And I can burn a screen, you know, in 30 seconds. So while it has been a huge investment for me, it's kind of been like how we started as well. I bought the stalls press right out from the get go. If you give yourself the good equipment, you're setting yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. That and now reliability. Yeah. Right. And so like with the ability of like heat press gives you a lot of opportunity, right? We, we, we know with sizing, we know with customization, we know with low quantity or even high quantity and, and colors, but the ability to create something that quick allows you to kind of adjust and change also at the drop of a hat, which mm -hmm. gives you a whole other, um, you know, kind of setup. And not that everybody needs to be able to run their business that way, but as you grow and as you want to get into, you know, larger, larger, maybe orders or larger quantities or understanding the importance of really jumping or being the first person, you know, to do something, you need that equipment, you need that ability to be able to just go, I got this out the door and not have to worry about telling people it's going to, you know, doing the whole pre-order situation. You can do the pre-order, but then also seek, sneakily get those products out and then they're all happy. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, she shipped that in 24 hours kind of thing. It's yeah. that control, you know? Yeah, <laughs> well, hey, with UC Max though, I can order it. It ships the next day. And if I bump it up, yeah. I sometimes take it from two day the next day it's like a twenty dollar difference i'm like that's a no-brainer get it to me tomorrow you know mm -hmm. like yep you just get it done and get it out the door we do have a question from instagram so i would like to start offering services to schools how do you go about doing so i have found that every school is different sometimes it's the principal that sets up the spirit wear sometimes it's the pta president sometimes it is the secretary so i would just start with a simple question and just whether that's calling up to the school and say hey do you guys do you guys do shirts for the school um and just start that conversation or who's your current vendor or who do i need to talk to about this and they'll either say you know you need to talk to the pta person or whatever. Or if you have a child, <laughs> never be afraid. It's a good foot in the door, but you just need to find out who, who's in charge of it because it does vary across every single school who mm -hmm. your contact is. And don't be afraid to call. And then once you get your foot in the door, do you, for you, have you found success on price or is it more of the service or is it more about positioning yourself as like, hey, this is what other schools are doing and this is what I think you want uh, or suggesting certain things? Like, is there is there a go-to kind of that you, you try to win their business with? I gotta be honest. I don't pitch myself to anybody. Um, it's all referral-based. That's, that's, that's perfect then. That's, that's best case scenario right there. But <laughs> I am ready when they come to me and they say, hey, we heard that you do spirit wear. I do have a generic email that explains exactly what we do. And I say, hey, when you sign up for spirit wear with us, we do, we include this, 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 this. Our prices are all inclusive. Here's a sample store. And it will link them to a store I've done in the past. And they can see oh, okay, we're going to get 12 different options. Her t-shirts are this much. Her sweatshirts are this much. So once they come to me, I'm prepared to answer that for them. Um, something to think about with schools too is give them the option to fundraise with it. So I tell all of my schools, this is my price. My price is X dollars. But if you want to make it X plus $2, 
great. At the end of the sale, I will cut you a check for that plus $2 on every garment that you sold. So that's awesome. I'm not the, I'm not the best to answer because I don't, everyone's always like, where do you advertise? I'm like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but no, that's that. It's like, okay. Being <laughs> a marketer myself, like that is, uh, that's best case scenario. But I love yeah. that, like, this is what to expect. The, these are what my services are. You're not throwing wrenches in the gears that are already running in your shop for somebody new, you know, like this is our process. This is what to expect. And then look at, look at this real world example and they could picture themselves taking advantage of that and then offering the fundraising. And it like with that single, you know, generic email, I bet you are very, very clearly uh, setting expectations and I mean, you're winning a customer over in the same way and not having to pay for that. And like how you say that you're posting on social media with an audience that you've built over time that now leverages and that that's what, you know, drives sales for you is best case scenario. I feel like, cause there's so many people that are like, they, they don't build the audience first or they don't have the means to build an audience mm-hmm. and they go straight to advertising and it could start to, to cost a lot of money. And then that's investments. If you're looking into like spending money on advertising, it is an investment, but at the same time, it's kind of like a gamble. It, it sh- if marketing works, it's free, right? But there's a lot of times when it doesn't. And so having your customers be the referral and be the, you know, be your voice out there to other potential customers uh, is, it's fantastic. Well, and to, that's exactly you what you said, it is so much easier for me to take good care of my existing customer. And if I do everything right by them, they are the best advertiser I could ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of focusing on your energy and trying to grab everybody else's attention, find someone. And if you don't have someone, determine who you want and maybe gift them something and be like, say it's Joe's lawn mowing. And make a hat for Joe's lawn mowing, make a t-shirt for Joe's lawn mowing and be like, here and focus your attention on him. And then maybe you gain him and then he'll tell, you know, like I believe in like kind of guerrilla marketing, like just Mm -hmm. put it out there. Don't throw money up into the wind and hope it works. Just treat your people so, so good that, that, that they'll sing your praises. Like they would, they would rather hear oh, Gina, Casey Swagger, she'll take such good care of you. They would rather hear that than me be like, hey, come with me. I'm going to, it's going to be so good. Yeah. You know, it's much I more feel authentic. Like you, yeah. I feel like you and Brandy Franken could be like two peas in a pod. <laughs> she <laughs> is um, with uh, innovative, innovative thre- Yeah. Innovative threads out in Colorado. And she's one of our ambassadors and she's very, very big on providing samples and showing people what she's really capable of doing. And she's all about this, you know, custom experience. And she's like you word of mouth just keeps happening, but she's also going out there and hustling for it because she's showing like what she can physically physically do. And so that's why I'm like, just listening to you talk. I'm like, yeah. Randy, are you watching your <laughs> comment below? Um, really fast. Okay. There's a couple of questions and I just, 
Like one of them we can't necessarily speak to just because it is um, referencing Dubai. But I think there is some great starter information that for um, anybody could really highlight. Let me find this. Where'd it go? Okay. So the question was, I want to create my own shirt business in Dubai. What can I do? So the way I kind of want this question um, to be asked is, you want to start a t-shirt business. What's the best first, second, and third step that you can do to take to really make sure you're setting yourself up for success? Mm. <laughs> first step. You have to be willing to invest. You have to put some skin in the game. Um, so mm, you got to get the right equipment because if you make somebody something and it falls apart, boom. You're not going to get a second chance. There are too many other people out there mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to put in the time. I just think people think that it's, it's going to be so much fun. And oh my gosh, I'm going to be like, they, I think they expect instant success, but you have to be willing to just immerse yourself in it. Like watch the videos. Like I, you know, when I first saw Kelly's face, I'm like, it's Kelly, you know, like, <laughs> These t-shirt people have become famous to me because that's how much I have immersed myself in it. So make sure that you're, you're ready to treat it like a child almost like, and to give it your all. Um, I, I don't know. I would just say invest in the right equipment and know, know what you're doing. Um, and design, you know, you gotta, you yep. gotta have good design too. And if that's something that you're not, um, super confident in, Community colleges will offer you courses in graphic design. Um, the Adobe software is what I work in. Of course, if you're going through stalls, there's the um, Easy View Designer. They have tools as well. Canva is a great tool. Um, I don't know. Your turn. Someone else. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was I great. Say, I think I think that was great. And the only thing I think to add on that is just defining an audience, right? Yeah. Like. And, and kind of going back to even like the, you know, the sample conversation, like that's a huge step. Like the, you know, if you sent your kid to school uh, and then sent the teacher one too, and then like, it just grows from there. Those samples, regardless of what niche or audience you're targeting, it, they're going to mix themselves with other like-minded or similarly interest people. Mm -hmm. So that one could spread very, very quickly if you are positioning yourself in that niche. So I would say exactly what you said, plus an audience, always, mm -hmm. always the audience, because then who's going to buy it, but you need to be sure that you have the means to produce quality, because like you said, and I think that's something that's overlooked so often is, in many cases, it's so hard to get a second chance, mm -hmm. that you need that you only have one shot to make a first impression, and you need to, you need to crush it. So set yourself up with the knowledge, and the equipment that's going to get you there, uh, or the connections. Uh, that are going to get you there, honing on that audience. And I mean, obviously that's the, that's the success story. I did see we had another question that, that, that came on in. Um, that was how long did it take you to get from where you are to now? And I think uh, Janilda would just was not here at the beginning, but if you just want to go back over when you, what, what year did you start again? 2015. So, so this is year nine. Year nine and uh, some steady growth every single year, right? Okay. Yeah, we're we're so fortunate, and then certainly I don't take that for granted. I know that's not the case for everybody, but it's just always, you know, 
continuing to invest in yourself and figuring out how you can grow and knowing when to bring other people on. Um, I would have never gotten to this level if I wouldn't have brought in my first employee, which is terrifying yeah. to do. But as soon as you start bringing on help, you can start saying yes to more jobs and stuff like that. So don't always worry about, I guess, your bottom line. You have to be willing to take some of those profits and to continue to invest and allow yourself to grow. That's awesome. That's an awesome little snippet right there. We're going to cut that one up and that's going on social media later. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> but that, I think that's so good. Would you say that uh, that hiring somebody and kind of replicating yourself like we were talking about is the largest difference maker that you've made for your business? Yes. Sarah 100% catapulted my business, my, my clone out there. She's out there working her little heart out. I've, I've heard so the good. auto clam going in the background. Yeah. And I, it couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> there you go, guys. She's, we've got uh, three auto clams here. We've got the hat press. So we definitely love our Saul's products. Um, she's out there humming away on a UC Max order right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, just taking that leap. And I, I remember I even told her, I was like, hey, you can work a couple hours a week and this is what I can pay you. I, it might just be in the fall and I just be open and upfront about it, but look at her now. She's here five days a week, killing it. <laughs> look, look at her now. She's doing something. <laughs> I, I have hired all my friends. So it's, it's, I always say, did I buy your guys's friendship or were we friends first? Do I just pay for you guys to be my friends? Which, How does which one is it? Yeah. I want to um, get, get paid to hang out. That's cool. <laughs> So we can wrap up. There's a couple of questions that I always like to ask. And it kind of does come back to the question on how long did it take you to, you know, get where you are now. But what's, you know, I feel like the one piece of advice that, you know, it's probably not just one piece, but one thing you strongly encourage is to make sure you do hire when needed. That's kind of what I feel. I feel like I'm hearing from you is make sure that the decisions you're making are important for your, they're very important for your business. So whether you're starting, get the equipment correct up front. If you are growing and you want to continue to grow, you have to hire somebody to help support you. So, I mean, do you have any other like little thoughts in terms of just a piece of advice? Don't be afraid to fail either. Um, like I said, we just brought in screen printing in the last year and, oh my gosh, we were so bad at it. We were so, so, so bad. <laughs> so just don't be afraid to take risk and don't always focus so much on the money because it will come, but yeah, it's just investing, you know, like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like that's a good, it's a really good question, Kelly. <laughs> But I, th I think you touched on it there of like, yeah, there, yeah. there is no failure if you're learning. And you mm -hmm. said like, we, we were bad at it, which implies you are no longer bad at it because you were learning yeah. through that process. Mm -hmm. And that it is, I mean, obviously with your passion and excitement and, uh, you know, deep rooted love for the, the, the creative part of it, the, the art and design that like, that is the driving factor to get through. And I'm sure you've relied on that when you've gotten discouraged in the past or, uh, you know, uh, a customer moved elsewhere, which it doesn't sound like anybody has. They absolutely love you, which we could see why. <laughs> but but like, yeah, if you if you if you missed a bid and didn't get that that thing or the seasonal slump 
when you get discouraged, do you rely on that kind of your your own fire that's kind of burning inside you to keep it keep it going? Yeah, and I think you not every job is meant for you, and that's that's okay. I don't delve into the sports uniform market. I don't. I'm not the cheapest in town. I am not. Like I said, I do not have an automatic press, so I cannot print you a $4 t-shirt. I, I can't, I can't mm -hmm. and I won't. So I think just knowing what your limits are, what you need to make, pricing is huge too. Um, Stalls has a great tool for that too, the calculator. Just knowing all the tools that are out there, um, joining all the Facebook groups. Like I, there's such a community in the t-shirt market that will help you succeed if you take the time to find it. I'm in the heat press for profit group and I'll get in there and chime in every now and then when I can or ask questions. When I first started out, I would call those people my, Dustin Watson. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this is funny. I went to college with Dustin and we were both broadcasting majors and there are three of us now that were broadcasting majors that now own t-shirt shops. Get out. So, really? Awesome. <laughs> there must be some sort of connection there. Um, but just knowing that there are people out there willing to help and being willing to ask for help when you need help going to trade shows. Um, anything, everything, anything. right? How can, how can people get in touch with you? What is, what is your website? What is your, what are your social channels? Um, how do you prefer communication? Cause there's been a couple of questions also about, um, how do you set you know, give backs for fundraisers? How do you determine um, how you're actually giving that money, taxes? There's been a couple of questions on on that. And because that might be um, a secret for you or not a secret, but it's, you know, like there's some things that you want to keep to yourself, right? Or there are certain things that you want to be able to share in private. Another one has been, uh, there's been a couple of hits and questions in terms of uh, the email template that you send out as you are gaining on new customers or you're going to bring them in on the school perspective. So there's a lot of little things that you're doing that people are definitely inquisited on. So mm -hmm. where, how, how would you like people to say, hey, Gina, I have a question for you. I'm usually... A pretty open book to an extent. Um, I will help people because people certainly help me. So I would say in the Saul's Heat Press for Profit group, feel free to at me at any time. Um, you can also send emails to me. It's info at kcswaggershop.com. Like I said, I will tell you a lot. I won't give you the key to my business, yes. but I will <laughs> I will certainly help you in any way that I can. Um, I will say that there are a lot of automated processes out there as well that have helped us. So when we're signing up our school sales, I'm like, if you think you're interested, here's a sign up link. And we have four openings per week. So allowing there's just ways you can streamline it. So yes, feel free to re reach out. I pretty helpful, maybe too helpful sometimes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think okay. there's not there's a, there's no such thing as, as too. But if you give people. love, you'll yes. get love. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's yes. good you do. Yep. And there I really think unless you come into Lee Summit and you're like, I'm literally gonna do exactly what you're doing, yeah. The pool's big enough for all of us. Yeah. And there's, I do Good juju's to put good juju to put out in the world, and that to me is good juju. So, absolutely, yeah. I, and I have gotten so much help from so many other people. So, if I can help in some small way, that would be awesome. Even though sometimes I feel like an imposter. Yeah, no, I'm I'm <laughs> always completely blown away because there's people who do, and then there's people who help other people, and those who do and like so easily just reach back to help other people up down the same path. 
uh, it really truly just it it shows off the community that we have here. It shows off the beauty in humanity, right? Like it goes so much farther than t-shirts. And I've been in communities like for music where it literally is not a competition. Mm-hmm. And with apparel decorating it, it with the global economy that we live in, everybody's in competition with each other, but people are so willing to lift each other up and bring the entire industry up. And, uh, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely love it. I know we're like way over on time now of how long we typically go. (laughs) (laughs) I have one question left for you and then we'll wrap it up here. What is next on the horizon for Casey Swagger? Mm, Like in the immediate future, we are going to be watching Sunday's football game. Yes. (laughs) I, I have my designs are already ready. They are based on things that are going on right now. Um, but a little bit further besides that, what comes up next big in our world is um, swim teams. So with that is another niche that we have found is neighborhood swim teams. They're big time. So spring and summer is coming. Um, but yeah, just probably more equipment. I just bought a new dryer out there. So I got to get my dryer out of the big crate box. But <laughs> Always, always growing. Always yeah. expanding, living the dream. Gina, thank you so much for joining us here today. I this was exactly the conversation I was looking forward to, and it still exceeded my expectations. <laughs> it, this was such an insightful episode from getting started to those growth uh, kind of strategies and the implementations and the difference makers for you and the uh, you know the the businesses that you work with or the niche that you identified. Um, I know I thoroughly enjoyed it. It seems our audience out there did. And if you are listening uh, on any of the uh, platforms where podcasts are listened to, thank you for uh, tuning in to the Heat Press for Profit podcast. And be sure to engage with us uh, in the community. You could still ask your questions, even if you're listening to this months or years later. And of course, go back to episode one. And listen to that to that first uh, that first episode, because I'm like, it's going to be a perfect picture of started from the bottom and now we're here right i was still in my basement in that podcast i was still in my basement from the basement to the shop i i love it gina thank you so much for coming on with us today um and of course i want to thank you all for listening here at stalls we always aim for these podcasts uh and all of our educational content whether it be on our youtube page where the podcasts also live and you could go find episode one of the heat press for profit podcast over on our youtube page along with hours and hours uh, of of educational content that we've talked mm-hmm. about throughout here as well. But we always inspire new ideas to help decorators learn, connect, and reach their own success, whatever it looks like for them, whether you are a commercial decorator or just getting started. Uh, be sure to join that community that I mentioned over on the Heat Press for Profit Facebook group. Uh, and Gina did say you could tag her at any time. She's gonna she'll give you as much help as she can. But uh, <laughs> I'm in the group a lot. I am <laughs> absolutely yeah. And that's and, and and it's you and many many others that are that are there to help uh, the entire mm-hmm. community thrive. And without uh, decorators just like you helping others, you know, I think the landscape would be be a lot different. Uh, Kelly, uh, Gina, any final words before we sign off? Thank nope. you for having me. Next time you see me, you better say hi. <laughs> All right, I will. I will. I'll see you at Dax, Kansas City. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dax, Dax, Kansas City coming up. And, of course, we'll say go Chiefs for the big game, right? <laughs> there's a There's a kid from Cleveland on that team, if you didn't know. He's kind of a big deal. Something Just that saying. you can finally celebrate, you know? Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> too good. Too good. Too good. We had it coming, and we're used to it. It's okay. Being a Cleveland Browns fan, it's completely fine. Well, let's go, Chiefs. Uh, and Gina, thank you so much. And all of you uh, out there, until next time, happy pressing. Happy decorating. Thank you.